One of the main themes in the gospel readings for this evening and today is the Eve of Wednesday. We're in the Eve of Wednesday of the Holy Week of Pascha. And one of the main themes in the gospel readings is a very difficult one, is a very difficult message. And before I tell you what that message is, I want to go through the, the gospel readings very quickly and see if you can s find the pattern in the readings, because the church is trying to tell us something. So in the first hour, there was a king who arranged a marriage for his son, and he sent his servants to call all who were invited, and they did not come. It says in the Gospel of St. Matthew, but they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. But there was still a wedding that he had to celebrate. Then he asked his servants to go anywhere and invite all whom they found. They invited everyone, all the people that were on the streets, the good and the bad came. And then the king went to meet the guests, and he found that there was one person who wasn't wearing his wedding garment. And the king said to the servants, bind that man hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And St. Gregory the Great tells us that this garment that this man was not wearing, that garment is those who do not have love. <coughs> those who do not have love. In the third hour, Jesus says, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. He also says, and there's a hint here, therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And then Jesus tells us of a servant who the master, when he was leaving, uh, put that servant in charge of the household. And it says, if the servant sees that the master is late in coming and then beats the other servants and eats and drinks with the drunkards, the master will come when he is not aware and cast him out. The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. And then in the sixth hour, it says, and you're, you might be getting the message now. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And Jesus tells us the parable of the five wise and the five foolish virgins, who when the bridegroom was delayed, their lamps went out. Five of them had oil to refill their lamps, and five did not. And then so the five that did not said, hey, can you give us some of your oil, please? They said, we don't have enough to, to use for our lamps and for your lamps, so go and buy oil. And while they were going to buy oil, the bridegroom came, and only the five that had oil were ready. And so those were able to go into the banquet, and the five that didn't have, didn't, weren't able to go in. So I think by now you can see that the message that the church is telling us is very clear which is to be ready, to be ready. The wedding guest came to the wedding, but the wedding guest was not ready, wearing the garment that he should have been wearing. The servant, when his, ma when he was, uh, his master was delaying in coming, 
the master, he started to beat the other servants and to get drunk. And then the master came and he wasn't ready. And then the five wise and the five foolish virgins, the five foolish virgins were not ready for when the bridegroom came. And then in the ninth hour, Jesus admonishes the scribes and Pharisees. He says, Therefore you are witnesses against yourselves, that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. And then Jesus says, Therefore indeed I send you prophets, wise men and scribes. Some of them you will crucify, kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. So Jesus was telling the scribes and Pharisees that you are the ones who were not ready when my messengers came. They were the ones who killed God's servants, who were sent to call them, just like the first group of people who were invited to the wedding feast. So the message is very clear to us that we have to be ready. We have to be ready for the second coming. Of course, there's a lot of historical significance to these messages, but there's an important spiritual message for us today, to be ready. So let's learn from, from the first four Gospels of this evening what it means to be, I'm waiting for it to be said again, to be ready, to be ready. So in, in the first hour, we already said that this is the, the parable of the, the, the wedding and the, the person who was not ready wearing their garment. And we said that St. Gregory teaches us that the wedding garment is love. And St. Gregory, just to say more of his quotation, he says, we are correct when we say that love is the wedding garment because this is what our creator himself possessed when he came to the marriage feast to join the church to himself. So I want to ask you, my beloved brothers and sisters, where is love in my participation in Holy Week? Where is love this week? Am I here only because it's tradition? or because it makes me feel like I've done my duty for the year? Or is it because I love God and I want to spend time with Him? Did we ever think about that? Am I here because it's just what we do right before Easter? Or am I actually here because I love God and I want to spend time with Him? Because I plan to and intend to connect with Him this week. Because I want to be with him as he lays down his life for me. Where is love in my participation in Holy Week? For most of us, there is something that I need to let go of in my life. Maybe it's my ego, it's a bad habit, a commitment to something else, an expectation. And for many of us, this is where love ends. If you start to challenge my ego or my love, um, or, or an expectation or a bad habit. This is where my life, my love ends, when I'm not willing to sacrifice something that I should be giving up. I remember um, uh, a husband telling me to, a husband of, in, in a marriage was telling me that once she says this, I can't control myself. That's it. I'm, go I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fight viciously. I said, oh, really? You're gonna fight viciously? Like all of a sudden it's going to become a war in your own home? Do you think this person is happily married? Do you think his wife is happily married? Of course not. Where does my love end? Where is love 
in my presence in the church? Do I come to see my friends, to take from the community? Or when I walk in the doors, do I come to give friendship and to give to those who are in need? Do we walk into the church with the mindset of giving something? I'm here to give. At least, maybe, I mean, we, there's a, an, an old teaching of don't go to anyone's home empty-handed, right? Don't, don't visit someone's home empty-handed. So I remember an, an old priest was saying, oh, even when I walk into the church, I put some tithes in the money box just because I don't enter someone's house empty-handed. And of course, it's not just about money at all. Am I coming here with the intention of giving care to someone? Or am I just coming to take? So what we learn from the parable of the wedding feast is that when I join God's family, I must come with love, which seeks genuine connection, which seeks to give and to give up, which is a sacrifice. So that's the first message for how to be ready. The second message which is the, the, the servant who was in charge of his master's possessions while the master was away. Which is to, the second way of being ready is to be responsible for what you are entrusted with. Be responsible for what you are entrusted with. St. John Chrysostom says, it is an honor to be entrusted with responsibility of someone else's resources. If someone gives you resources and tells you, can you please be responsible for this? Be a steward. It's an honor to be entrusted with that responsibility. God entrusted you with time, with health, with money, with family, with talents, with skills, with experience, and with the faith itself. God entrusted you with the faith and many more things on top of that list. All of these things God gave, gave to you. St. John Chrysostom also tells us everyone should make full use of what he has been given for the common advantage of all. If you possess power or wealth or wisdom, do not use it to hurt your fellow servants. If you do, it will be to your ruin. So the question for us, my dear friends, is what have you been doing with the graces that you have been entrusted with? How am I using everything that God has given me? What am I doing? St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. So St. Paul is saying that we have grace from God, but what he's saying is that you can receive grace from God and it be in vain, meaning, the grace of God, and I'm sorry to say such a frank statement, the grace of God, could, you could make it a wa wasted on you. It was, it did, you did nothing with it. Just like the five foolish virgins. The fathers say that they, the lamps were a waste. They were useless in the hands of the five foolish virgins. Because the lamps could do nothing. What are you doing with the grace of God? And that's what St. Paul is saying, but I labored more abundantly than they all. So am I sitting like a lazy servant doing nothing with the talents that God has given me? Am I wasting my resources like the servant we discussed today, who when his master hadn't come yet, 
chose to waste his master's possessions on eating and drinking with drunkards. Each one of us, with no exceptions, has something to invest. Do you work for a large corporation and can help the church as it grows? Are you a teacher and can serve in Sunday school? Are you a counselor and can connect with people when they're facing difficult challenges? Are you an investor and can help the church manage its finances? Have you experienced a strong spiritual program as a young person and can replicate it? Do you work in, a bu in building and development and can help with discussions around renovations and expansions? Are you a gifted singer and can teach young children how to sing and pray together in a choir? Each one of us has a talent that can be invested and we will receive a return on that investment. And the master will come at an hour when you do not expect and ask you to give an account. Were you wise and faithful or wicked and lazy? <coughs> and the third way to be ready is to have oil, to have oil. The fathers of the church tell us that the oil represents good works done out of love. Good works done out of love. So just before we spoke about using the special gifts that God gave you to make investments, to be a good and faithful steward of God's grace. But now we see this point again much more broadly. The point is that we should be doing good to others all the time, even if it's not related to our gift. Find a need and fill it. All of these things are valuable before the Lord, no matter how great or small your contribution is. It is honored before the Lord. And um, in the 11th hour this morning, there was another parable where Jesus speaks about a man who, a man who was traveling to a far country and the, he gave his servants money to invest. And so it's a, it's a different parable. And he gave them money to invest and he said, I will come back and ask and take an account from you. And one servant invested some and gained all of it back, 100% back. The other one invested and got 100% back. And the other person, the third servant, was worried and afraid of his master and said, I can't do anything. So he took the talent that his master gave him and hid it. And the master came back and said, all, these other, all the other servants did something. Why didn't you do anything? And so um, many of us are probably familiar with inflation. Uh, these days. And you know that if you have a dollar within just a few months, maybe that dollar is going to be worth less unless you invested it, right? Even if you just put it in a savings account. That last servant gave his master less than what his master gave him because of inflation. That's why the master said, you could have just put it in the bank and it would have earned interest. So that, that last servant wasted his master's resources. So the passage then continues this morning. It says that in the second coming, Jesus will sit on the throne and separate the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. And he says, the sheep are the ones who, when I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And they asked, when did we do this to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. 
And this reminds me of when I was younger, there was an old woman in the church who she would always be sitting in the front because she couldn't get up and come to communion. And she, uh, uh, the priest would always give her communion. And she would always see me as I was passing to go get water from the back of the church and say, Makar, can you get me a little cup of water so I can uh, uh, drink water after communion? And I was a young kid. I didn't really, I was just too busy being annoyed with everything. And so I was just, I just saw her and I, sometimes I would avoid her because I didn't want her to, to bother me while I'm going to get my water after I take communion. And after a while, I, I finally started to, to like what she would say, because every time I get her water, she'd say, God be with you, God be with you, I pray for you, God be with you. And, and as I got older and older, I started to really appreciate the, the blessing of getting this woman water. And she would, she would take the water and she'd have pills in her hand. She'd take her pills and she was waiting till she took communion. And then she would drink her water and she'd give me the cup back. And then after a while, she didn't want to even bother me. So she wouldn't even give me the cup back. She would just thank me. And so I, I learned that even this small thing could lead to a very big blessing in my life. And I remember that her family mentioned me when after she passed away. They told me, Makar, she loved you very much. She loved you very much. And all I did was this very small act that the, for the first few years I was annoyed doing it. And so I hope that's a message for me and for all of us, that one of the ways to be ready is to do good works that come from a heart full of love. And the last thing that we learned today, we're almost done, to be ready is to listen to God's messengers. Listen to God's messengers. God is sending us many messages through his people and through his creation. Origen tells us that the scribes and Pharisees worked so hard, and please listen to this because there's something similar that we do. Origen says, the scribes and Pharisees worked so hard to preserve the bodies and tombs of the prophets and the righteous, but ignored the spirit of their messages. And by separating the body of their messages, the writings, from the spirit of their messages, that is how they killed the prophets. Because when you separate the body from the spirit, that's how, that's death. So they separated the writings, their writings, from the spirit of their message, and that's how they killed the prophets. And, in, and I want to ask all of us a very similar question. All of us show great honor and reverence to the relics of the saints. If we see relics, we all go and we get the blessing of the relics. But what do I show to the teachings of the saints? What am I doing with their teachings? I show honor to their bodies, like the scribes and Pharisees did. But am I showing any honor to their teachings or to their example. God is sending us a message through them. And God is sending me and you a message today now. Will I squash or out or muffle the message? Did I come here to listen to God, to plant his message in my heart and mind? Or did I come to hear deacons singing and catch up with my friends? Do I, do I put myself in the way of God's messengers or do I avoid them? If 
I see someone who I know probably, probably loves God and probably does godly things, do I avoid them or do I put myself in their way so that maybe they're going to tell me something? So we can see from the gospel of the ninth hour that to be ready means to plant God's message in my heart. And if I do this, I won't be able to miss the spirit of his message. I should always be on the lookout for what God is trying to tell me. So pray to God today, God, are you trying to tell me something? God, please open my heart to you. Help me to be in the right mindset while I'm here. I want to meet you and hear from you. I want to give my heart to you and to give of what I have to others. So to summarize, one of the key themes from today's readings is a difficult one, which is to be ready. And the four ways that we are going to be ready, one is to have love in my heart toward God, to give and to give up. Because the St. Gregory said the garment, the wedding garment is love. The second thing is to be responsible and be a good steward of what has given me, not like the wicked and lazy servant. The third thing is to find needs and minister to those needs, regardless of how insignificant they may seem, because the fathers tell us that the oil that the five wise virgins had was good works done out of love. And lastly, it's putting myself in the way of God's message and planting his message in my heart, not like the Pharisees who preserved the tombs of the prophets, but actually ended up killing them as Origen taught us. May this holy Beskha week continue to be more and more beneficial for us. Glory be to God forever. Amen.